0: Hi y'all, I'm Opal. And I'm Pearl, and we are the hosts of Southern Fried Frights. Absolutely we are
1: skeptical, self-appointed, non-committal, poor-swinging investigators.
0: Our tall tales are a bushel of gruesome gossip, a peck of haunting hearsay, and a pinch of salty sass. Lean in
1: and listen to stories of the unearthly, unexplained, and incomprehensible
0: Send us your WTF What the Fright stories to Frights at outlook.com to be read from the swing. This fright hails right from the depths of hell. All stories are based on real events. Or are they? In every country, culture, and civilization... Since the beginning of time, the devil and his demons have been known by many names and faces. As a Christian, I believe in the devil and know him as Lucifer, but he isn't the one I focus on. Maybe it's out of fear or out of truly not knowing much about him or what he really looks like. This all changed for me one horrifying night during a tragic event. Growing up, I always knew my grandmother, Mima, was different. She was the type that would take you to Mardi Gras, flash the crowd, then instruct you to grab the beads that they would inevitably drop at the sight of grandma boobs and run. She was always a wild one and the most fun to be with, but I noticed she never went to church, prayed, or was spiritual in the slightest. My upbringing revolved around church and my religion, which I loved. I have found myself rooted in my faith and it's helped me grow into the person I am today. My grandfather, Was extremely religious. He was tall, strong, silent, and always dressed to impress. I remember staying the night with my cousins at my grandparents' house on a Saturday and seeing my grandpa in a full suit, polished loafers, and smelling like Ralph Lauren cologne as he left to pick his mother up and head to church. After my grandfather had passed, When I was well into my adulthood, my grandmother lost all of her will to live. My grandmother was always a clean and tidy woman that had a meal ready for you whenever you wanted when you arrived. She would cook, clean, sew, paint, really anything you could imagine, she did. But mainly, she lived her whole life to serve my grandfather. But when my grandpa passed, the family would visit and we knew she really needed help. The house was dark and always had the smell of rotting food. She would leave food in the refrigerator for weeks at a time. She wouldn't flush the toilet and not even move from the bed for days on end. It was hard to watch her deteriorate and even harder to help her. Around a year after his passing, she'd let herself go to the point that her health had declined and she had no way of coming back. She seemed to get thinner and thinner every time anyone saw her. She refused to go to the doctor, and she refused to let anyone help her at all. At work one day, my mother called and told me to come by after I was off. When I arrived, she looked broken. Her mother had finally given up and passed away. Knowing that my grandmother had basically starved herself to death, since she was a pile of nothing but frail bones, the last time we saw her... Really devastated me. My mother and I joined the family at my grandparents' quaint little home to sort out the affairs. The moment I walked in, I got a chill that cut me to the bone, but I shrugged my shoulders as if to shake it off. I had an uncomfortable feeling all evening while we were dividing up a century's worth of family heirlooms and knickknacks. I felt as if someone was glaring at me all evening, but when I turned around to look, nobody was there. Finally, after hours of post-its and I want this, you can have that, we all came together, went back to my house and turned in for the night. I shared a bed with my mom so that everyone had enough room. We didn't talk much about Mima that night. I think we were both a bit unnerved at our last sight of her frail, sunken face. After a bit of tossing and turning to get comfortable, I finally started to doze. As I drifted deeper into sleep, A shadowed and blurry face became clearer in my dream. It was Mima. I was instantly terrified. I had never seen my Mima look so scared and horror-ridden in my life. Finally, I realized she was running. I was standing back watching her. I could hear her crying out in a muffled, gurgling scream, Help! Please! Help me! Don't let him take me! Please! I shuddered and I tried to look away, but I wasn't able to. I moved to reach out to her, and I couldn't get close enough. I was fully frozen where I stood, unable to move, unable to help or save my grandma. All I could do was watch her be tortured. All of a sudden, I saw a figure of a man following her. I didn't know who he was, but he was very good-looking, wearing a suit, and the sight of him sent the same chill down my spine that I had when I entered my grandmother's home earlier that day. The face was handsome, but in a truly terrifyingly evil way, with eyes the same shade of dark red as fresh-spilled blood and a hideously curved, sinful smile that made my stomach turn and made me fear for my own soul. As he passed by, he made eye contact. It pierced through me like a thousand tiny knives all at once, like he could see straight into me in the deepest, darkest parts of my soul You know, the parts we even try to hide from ourselves? I could feel my fear and dread rising to the surface like hot lava in a volcano. That is when I knew who he was, and exactly what he was doing. He was the devil, Lucifer himself, and he was there for my grandma. And before long, I just knew he'd be coming for me too. Before I was too consumed and taken over, I remembered the Lord's Prayer. And I spoke its powerful words, "'Lord, deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, "'the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.'" And as I spoke these words, I could see him reaching for me. And I woke up, sat straight up in bed, panic-stricken, drenched with sweat, and I startled my mother out of a deep sleep. "'Is everything okay?' she asked as she reached out to touch my hand. Breathing hard, I said, "'I had the worst nightmare about Mima and the devil.'" After telling her the experience, we concluded that sometimes things just cannot be explained. Sure, I was saved, but we will never know about my grandma, at least not in this life. All I do know is that I will forever be haunted by that horrific, evil face I saw that night.
1: This fright is based in Perry County, Ohio. It was the summer of 1983. I was about to enter another chapter of my life, the college years, and of course, the total stupidity that comes with the lack of parental control. I was a little intimidated by the thought of being away from my family and making new friends. I was not naive by any means, but being raised in a quiet, cold community in Appalachia did come with its social disadvantages. I have been joined at the hip with my two besties, Amy and Julie, since kindergarten, And I basically knew everyone in our small high school of 500 students. We'd be leaving for different colleges in 10 short days. Before we went our separate ways, we were determined to have one more hoorah as a trio. Known as one of the most lawless towns in the state of Ohio, our little town was compared to mining towns such as Tombstone and Deadwood. Gunfights, shootouts, and senseless killings. It saw many vicious crimes that made it famous but most remembered and talked about was Devil's Pit. The legend of Devil's Pit has been elaborated on for years, so much so that it morphed into a tale that I am sure contained a little truth and a whole lot of bull crap. The pit is really just a gorge about five miles south of town. The legend is that a group of settlers in 1880 were terrorized and relieved of their souls by a demonic being that lived in a cave in the pit. Every night he leaves the cave to climb to the top seeking a soul to devour. If you looked in his malevolent evil eyes, he would suck the life from your body. As far as we were aware, no one had ever spent the night at the pit, or I should say, and lived. In 1946, Roger McGee had attempted to stay the night. They found his camping gear, but they did not find his body until three days later at the bottom of the pit. Mama had said that he was not the same after he got back from fighting in WW2. His wife had left him and took his children without a dress. address. She said it was a demon that tossed him over the edge into the gorge, but it was not living in a cave. She also warned to stay away from the pit. This piece of folklore was just asking to be put to the test by three BFFs. The ultimate trio finale was to get to the bottom of Devil's Pit. Metaphorically speaking, of course. Prove the myth wrong and leave for college laughing our butts off. No, our parents did not know what we were up to. My parents were out of town. Amy and Julie were staying at my house for the weekend. Did I mention we were teenage girls? Yeah, now I realize that we were stupid. I picked up Amy and Julia in my Jeep. It was a warm August evening. I had put the top down. Side note, I miss that Jeep. They tossed their backpacks in the back, got in, and I headed south out of town. I pulled onto the old fire road that ended at the base of the foothill that led to Devil's Pit. There was a trail cut through the trees, most likely from curious onlookers and hikers. We grabbed our gear and started the mile hike to the top. Amy squealed and darted off the path. She held up two bottles of Mogan David wine. Where did you get that from, Julie asked, excited. Bruce bought it for us. Bruce was Amy's older brother. She went on to explain that he agreed to stash the MD-2020 earlier in the day at the trailhead out of sight in the weeds. Anxious, we continued upward and onward. When we got to the top, it was not quite dusk we quickly found a spot to set down our gear and went in search of some wood to start a fire. It did not take long for us to be three sheets to the wind. We were laughing, singing, or slurring the words to ACDC's Hell's Bells at the top of our lungs. I do not remember exactly why or when we started to throw rocks into the pit. At first, it was just to hear them hit bottom. Then I picked up a large rock and screamed, I hope it hits you right between the eyes, you evildoer. I threw the rock as hard as I could, staggering and nearly falling over. We all giggled and went back to sit next to the fire, our backs to the trail facing the gorge. Suddenly, there was a ruckus to our left. Our giggles faded to a deafening silence. An animal, no doubt, I assured my friends and myself. I took a swig of mad dog courage and threw another log on the fire. The fire crackled in protest. Sparks flew into the air and disappeared. What kind of animal? Julie asked nervously. Probably a bear, joked Amy. Julie's eyes grew wide. It isn't a bear, I assured her. It is probably a deer or something. Or something like a demon, Amy added and grabbed Julie so that she screeched. A twig snapped. We all jumped to our feet. I picked up my flashlight, shined it in the direction of the noise. A shadow, at least seven feet tall, stepped out of the light beam into the cover of the trees. Julie whispered, did you hear that? We both shook our heads. Okay, okay, it could be a bear, I stated. All the time my prayer was, God, please, don't let it be a bear. I picked up a rock. It isn't a bear or a demon, Amy explained as she grabbed her flashlight. It is a Bruce. He is the only one that knows we are here. Amy yelled out, charging towards the figure. Ha ha ha, funny, you can come out, we know it's you. She shined her light. It reflected on red, glowing eyes. It darted back to the safety of the darkness. Amy hurried back to huddle with Julie and me. We were all trembling, terrified by the unknown. A limb cracked. It was coming closer. I threw the rock into the darkness. Get out of here! I yelled at the top of my lungs, waving my arms. Amy and Julie did the same in response to our antics a low angry deep guttural growl and a large rock was tossed in our direction We jumped and screamed in unison We all shined our beams in the direction of the creature this time the creature did not step out of the light But it stepped into the light slowly inching its way to us I screamed run It was everyone for themselves We took off down that path, running as fast as we could, all while screaming. We were all crying, terrified of what could be chasing us. Fear and cowardness got between us and we were separated. I made it to the Jeep first. My chest heaved as I tried to catch my breath. Once in the driver's seat, I honked the horn while I fumbled for my keys. I dropped the keys. It was then I realized I had lost my flashlight. I could see it shining on the trail. I went to run back, but I stopped. I remembered that I had a flashlight in my glove box. I shined the light at my feet. I saw the keys. I reached down, grabbed the ring, and put the key in the ignition. It fired to life. No, I was not leaving my friends. I was waiting with the engine running. My light shined on the path, softly weeping, teeth chattering, and knees shaking. Where were they? As I agonized over what to do next, go back or stay put, I heard someone or something coming down the path. I put my hand on the shifter. I did not know what to expect. A loud whisper. Faith, Amy, it was Julie. I honked the horn and she sprinted towards the jeep. Where's Amy? I thought she was here already. Julie was hysterical. We heard a blood-curdling scream. It was Amy, followed by an angry roar. They were not too far up the trail. I jumped from the jeep. I screamed her name running towards the base of the trail. I could see her white tennis shoes reflecting the moonlight, sprinting at full speed. She screamed, Go! 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 It's right behind me! Julie jumped in the back of the Jeep. Amy and I got to the Jeep at the same time. I slammed it into reverse, turned around in the clearing, and peeled out, kicking up dirt and dust. I drove like a bat out of hell down the fire road. We all kept looking over our shoulders, expecting it to be running after us. On the main road, I stopped to get sick. I heard Julie softly sobbing in the back seat about leaving her sleeping bag and backpack. Amy was staring straight ahead as if in shock. She whispered softly, it ripped my new t-shirt, scratched my neck. It grabbed my necklace, choking me. She quickly put her hand to her throat, checking for the necklace. She spun the emblem around and kissed it, relieved that it was still there. She blessed herself. Amy's necklace was given to her on graduation by her parents. It was a cross of small diamonds. She mumbled. It screamed as if in pain when it touched the cross. I shivered. None of it felt real. I grabbed the flashlight between the seats, and I shined it on her throat. It had a red mark from the chain. I checked the nape of her neck. It had three bloody scratches. Julie, silent the entire time, whispered, Can we go now? I think I peed my pants. I pointed the jeep in the direction of my house. Let's get you some clean pants, girlfriend. The next morning, we convinced Bruce and his friends to get our gear. When he dropped it off at my house, the only thing salvageable was our backpacks. Our sleeping bags were ripped to shreds and the contents in the packs, clothes, food, water, were nowhere to be found. We struggled to wrap our heads around what we saw and what happened. Amy had three deep scratches on the nape of her neck as a reminder of the incident. We made a pack so we would not speak of the demon again. We had nine days left of our time together, and we did not want to waste it talking about the unknown. Amy and Julie spent the night with me mostly because I didn't want to be alone. Bruce and his friends blabbed their big mouths, and by the time we got up the next morning, there was chatter all about town. So much for pink swear and lie until you die. Great. Our parents were going to find out. Papa just shook his head in disappointment, but Mama, well, she was furious. I have never seen her so mad. Did you take leave of your senses, girl? You could have been hurt or worse. She was like that. She could take the most fun thing and turn it into tragedy. In this case, I had to agree with her. We could have been hurt or worse. For that reason, I just let her go on about how we were irresponsible. I didn't say a word because, well, she was right. Later, I left to meet up with Amy and Julie at the depot, one of the two small cafes in town. I arrived before them and found an empty booth. The place wasn't that busy. I felt like folks were staring at me. B, the one and only waitress at the depot, came over to the booth with her pad and pen. So, I hear that you and those two friends of yours thought it would be nice to go up to Devil's Pit to spend the night. Small town living at its finest... Be mumbled, like mother, like daughter. What? She was surprised by my surprise. Oh, y'all don't know the story? I looked at her, puzzled. Yeah, your mama thought it would be fun to go to Devil's Pit also and spend the night when she graduated from high school. Seven days later, the jeep loaded. I said my goodbyes and headed south out of town. I approached the old fire road and I felt a cold chill. I remembered the cross around my neck. Mama had slipped it over my head, then gave me a tearful hug. She whispered softly. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour.
0: This is our first WTF story sent in. From Miranda of Lexington. I used to have sleep paralysis when I was younger. It happened all the time. It would start with a bad dream, and all of them were demonic. The worst one, it was nighttime. I was being chased in the streets by these little demons that had stakes, pitchforks, and axes. All I could hear was the singing, but it was in a different language. I would try to wake up, but I was frozen. I couldn't move, I couldn't call for help, and then suddenly it goes dark. I could still hear the singing, but all I could start to see was a silhouette of Virgin Mary. Now this next part is going to sound really crazy but it's true. I felt myself starting to move, being pulled, levitating right up off the bed. I remember praying so hard in my head, praying that God would just save me and help me. I was using my fingers to try to grab the sheets, to pull myself back down. It was the only thing that I could move. I kept trying to speak, but I couldn't. Until eventually, I was slowly able to open my mouth and I screamed, Mom! Then I felt myself back on the bed and I could move again. I ran upstairs, I jumped into bed with my mom, and the next day, we counseled with my pastor and he recommended sleeping with my Bible next to my bed and listening to gospel music before I go to sleep. So that's what I did and it worked for a long time. I've had occasional sleep paralysis since then, but it's only been during times where I felt that I was truly spiritually being tested. None of them were ever as scary as this one. I can still remember that feeling of floating, being pulled up off the bed. It was absolutely terrifying, and that night, I truly thought that I was going to be possessed and that the devil was after me. Okay. Is this a true story?
1: Sort of. Okay. There is a place called Devil's Pit where I'm from. Okay. And there is a it is a legend that if you look into if the devil climbs up out of the pit and you look into the eyes of the devil he will devour your soul.
0: Have you you
1: been to it? I've been to Devil's Pit. (gasps) Yes. Not at night. Uh, No, I absolutely will not go there at night. Yeah, no, no thanks. It is not. (laughs) But I mean, like I said, there is a path that cuts up to it. Right. Because people are going up there and hiking, but they're not staying the night as long as I know. I mean, there might have been some people that stay.
0: I'm sure. There's but always those people.
1: It's not Yeah, there's always someone that says, "Oh, I can do it." <laughs> yeah. Guess what? They didn't do it. We haven't heard from them since. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just their camping gear. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it is really it's been around for years. It actually started back in the 20s, 1920s.
0: Wow. That
1: it was that way, but it's like a gorge a pit with caves. Yeah. And,
0: yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What do you think that like the devil demon demonic what do you think they would look like the devil I
1: you know I watch a lot of haunted uh-huh. TV shows <laughs> and they're always like really weird looking but I believe that uh, the Bible does describe the devil um and um, I believe there's also dark there's a darkness about them yeah I don't think they really have a spirit of any kind that is not agreed because you know angelic we shine but yeah. you know the devil is light
0: you yeah that I, in the
1: bible the devil is like and he's
0: very good looking yes he is he, he is that really good yeah, looking yeah. very it's not my husband no it's not him <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes you think Whew,
1: thank you goodness sometimes you think <laughs> yeah especially when he's yelling at the kids <laughs> yeah like, where did that beast come uh-huh. from what? yep <laughs> like, Ooh, he must have got he growling, it's grown a little bit mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think i could say the same thing about yeah. mine actually i believe that <clears throat> the bible says that the devil will be single the antichrist will be single, which Mm -hmm. is also the devil. So he will be single.
0: So after these stories we've heard, you know, that demons are real in every religion, culture for hundreds of thousands of years. Demons have been around. Um, Asian cultures believe in demonic beings, Uh, native Americans, the Aztecs. I mean, it goes back so far, um, now, personally, we believe in the demons of the Bible that follow Lucifer. That's our personal um, belief of right. demons. Um, but they're as old as time itself.
1: What de- demons are are evil spirits. Right. Fallen angels.
0: Is That's what we, we believe. That's what we, we- believe. Absolutely. Um, or, you know, demons in general are evil spirits in all of these cultures.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We happen to believe that they just work For satan followed him and they act on behalf of satan correct
1: what they do that's what we believe yes but in the other cultures such as the asian culture Mm -hmm. they believe very similar but they also believe they do walk amongst Amongst. and they are there um they have different names for them Mm -hmm. um and i've seen on i hate to say the name of the show but something caught on camera uh, some of those demons, they actually do catch them on camera. Yeah. And it's mostly in Asia that that's going on. that yeah. You could see it. But they have a certain type there that they claim is walking amongst them. They look for them. Very interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But Ours are amongst us as well. Right. We just, they work more in that spiritual realm for They're, us. They
1: work with me.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> they are working. With I me. mean, they do say the <laughs> devil is very good looking, yeah, so I guess I fit that bill, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but ours work more mm-hmm. in that spiritual side of things, the mind, the body, and the emotions, and what people have said they've seen, um that's just what has they've been portrayed as here on earth because in the spiritual realm, they look totally different, as do angels, which mm-hmm. we've read and. Right. No, that'll come later later down the road. We have a whole story about that. Yeah, that's right. That's um, another episode. We are doing one on angels. Absolutely. And then who is the devil?
1: What is who is that to you? Who's the devil to me? Um I think the devil could be anyone. Um there's a head devil just like yeah. you know there's a head god For us, I do believe there is um, someone that's guiding them, leading
0: them, putting that in them, Mm -hmm. the feeling, aware of all that. You know, because the devil in our in the Bible was God's right hand man. Was there when the earth was created? When he created man, he saw God's power. He wanted that power, so he tried to take it from God, and that's when God cast him and his followers, which were fallen angels, down. He said, "Not going to happen." I don't know why he thinks. He's doing anything here now because obviously he, he lost once. Why is he not going to? Yeah, really. Forget, we already but, know how the story ends. Yeah. <laughs> but that's our belief. Yeah, that's our belief, right? All right. So we want to know if you have ever had any type of um, encounter, any stories like this, um, what you have seen, what you felt, um, what you think about all of this. Please send it to Southern Frights at Outlook.com. We would love to hear your stories about this as well. Yep. And I think that's about all for today, right? Yeah. I think okay. So.
1: That's all for this Fright, folks. Thanks for stopping by a spell. And don't forget to send us your WTF stories to Southern Fried Frights at Outlook.com. We would appreciate you following us on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and all major podcast platforms. Tune
0: in for next Friday's Fright. Lord willing and the creep don't rise, we'll holler at you later.